Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com and the Sharpened Artist Academy. I am your host, and this is the Colored Pencil Podcast. So I had a recent question uh, posed to me by one of my students, and they asked me, what would I do differently if I had to start over in Colored Pencil today? I thought, what an incredibly great question. And I thought I'd go ahead and just make an entire show about this very question what would I do differently? What would I change if I had to start over today? Not knowing anything about colored pencil or knowing what I do know now, what would I tell my former self? That's an interesting thing to ponder and to think about. And I have some very definite things. I've created like this little roadmap for you today. And we're just discussing here the first 90 days to maybe six months in colored pencil. Now, the great news is I also have a little cheat sheet for you as well. If you would like to download that, just go on over to the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast, and I'll have it right there for you in today's show notes. But let's go ahead and jump in here. I love it. One thing I remember thinking very early on whenever I started in colored pencil is I need to know how to get faster. I I just need to hurry up with this. I, I need to know how I can render everything so much quicker than what I'm doing right now. I was looking for this magic bullet and some kind of secret sauce that was probably just right around the corner here. And if I just was able to talk to the right person or meet the right person or find out the right technique, that everything would just be so much quicker and easier and faster and everything would just be so much better once I figured that out. How can I get faster? And what I would tell my former self is this. Instead of focusing on getting faster, instead focus on the skill. Focus on my understanding of the medium. Focus on the techniques that will help to build some of the skills. And we're going to talk about those in a moment. And focus on the subject matter that I'm interested in at the time. That's number one. Number two, I would buy the best pencils possible at the very beginning and the best paper possible at the very beginning. I would buy professional brands of those pencils and paper. Now, there's, that's probably no surprise to you. If you've listened to me for very long or if you're familiar with my teaching, that's probably no great shock. So I'm going to move along quickly from that, and I'll have a list of some of the things that I recommend with regard to pencils and paper. Number three, I would pick a subject matter or two that I would start working within uh, that very subject at the very beginning. I would decide on that. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe I'm more interested at the time in still life, or maybe I'm most interested in landscapes or uh, portraits or animal portraits. But I would go with wherever my curiosity is at the moment, and I would stick with one or two at the beginning, maybe vary it just a little bit, but I would try to master one or two uh, specifically. And so what would I study with regard to those? What would I look at? Say it's still life. Well, I would learn on my own how to take my own photo references right from the beginning. And I would master that. I would get as good as I could be with my knowledge at the time at taking my own references. And I would take clear in-shot focuses. (laughs) Oh, boy. Or maybe clear in-focus shots. That always works, too. All right. (laughs) I'm just going to leave that in there. That's what I would do. I would work on that from the very beginning. 
So that would also help me. It would train my eye to start looking and seeing things, noticing things that maybe I didn't notice before. I would start being able to recognize good composition. I would start seeing the values and the range in values. Next thing I would do is I would print out these images. I would get physical copies of these images on printer paper. You don't have to get fancy about it. And I would print out a grayscale version of the reference. I used the Goldilocks approach and I would get a grayscale, a lighter version, a dark version, and then one that is just right. On that grayscale, I would maybe do like a Gaussian blur on that and I would Try to look at that image then and see if it was something that could stand on its own. I would begin thumbnail sketching and look at the composition and try to figure out if this is a composition that will work. And then I would think a lot about the size of the composition with regard to the subject, the details that I'm going to include and not include. But I wouldn't get overwhelmed with that. I would start with one or more of those things, either the composition or the values. And I would try to focus my attention in one area at a time, maybe take a week. And I would work on taking reference photos and think about the composition. Maybe the next week I would look at taking my own reference photos, but I would look at the values and think about the lighting with regard to those values. All right, next. I would set aside time every single day to develop my art skills instead of just winging it, just coming up with things on the fly or uh, sitting around thinking about drawing or telling myself I'm going to draw. Yes, I actually uh, did this. It's embarrassing to admit, but yeah, I, I would often think about my drawing and what I was going to draw and procrastinate and not get to it. And I wouldn't put a whole lot of judgment into it, and I wouldn't try to prejudge what I was going to draw, but I would just sit down and draw and not think about the fact that there may be something better out there that I should be drawing than what I am drawing, but just draw. And I would just set aside that time every day and say, get with it, you know, get right to it and draw. So what would I be working on, though, when I work on my drawing? What specific skill set would I be trying to improve? Well, there are three in particular that I think are important. Number one, better pencil control. So most of the time I use this linear stroke and I'm going in one direction. I recently just demonstrated this to a live uh, workshop uh, class of students. And it's something that I don't think about now. At the beginning, I thought a lot about it. But when I'm making that linear stroke, it's just a, it's just a line. If you learn how to do that, not overlapping, not going back and forth, scrubbing the zigzag approach and not the little ovals. Uh, but if you learn that linear stroke, then there is nothing that you can't draw with that particular stroke and with that method, that technique. Now, I would also try my hand i would learn all these other approaches as well i think they're all important but i would master that linear stroke i would learn how to do the ovals i would learn how to do some stippling i would learn a lot of the other methods for mark making but i would learn and master the linear stroke and i would practice that every single day all right number two i would figure out my pencil pressure and figure out why that matters 
I would test that to figure out why it matters when I'm using softer pencils than when I'm using some of the harder pencils. And I would figure out which ones are softer, which ones are harder. Every pencil line is not created equal. Some of them are harder than others. Most of the oil-based pencils are a little harder lead than wax-based pencils. The Derwent drawing pencils, I mean, we're talking about a very soft lead. And this is the reason why many of us colored pencil artists like to use that Derwent drawing Chinese white. All the other pencils inside there, that Derwent drawing set, are a very soft pencil. It's a very soft medium. So I would pay close attention to some of those things with regard to my medium. I would master that medium. That goes back to what we talked about a moment ago. I'm not getting faster, but I'm mastering the skills and the medium. That leads to faster rendering. Okay, then number three. I would also dedicate time to learn more about the different holds of the pencil and the angle that you're applying the pencil to the paper. Okay, so that's those are all the things that I would work on. I would set time aside every day to develop my skills in those areas, those three areas there. Better pencil control. Number two, figure out the pencil pressure and figure out when and how that that matters on a particular piece. Number three, the different pencil holds and the angle and figure out the most comfortable angle for my hand and for my grip that I'm using. All right. So next, let's go on. I would make every mark beautiful. I would work at that, making every mark beautiful or at least have meaning. Now, This isn't to say that, you know, when I'm creating a shading in a particular area, that every little single line of that linear stroke needs to have uh, meaning, that it needs to be beautiful. But I would think in that direction that everything that I'm laying down, everything that I'm doing in the piece, when I'm applying the pencil to the paper, I would think about the fact, John, is that the best you can do in this area? Is that really something that will add to the piece overall? So what I ask myself that question. All right, so let's move along here. Lastly, before I go on to the next section here, lastly, I would work on learning how to develop my eye to see patterns that would remind me of other visual objects. And so this is something that comes up time and time again. How do I get all the details in there? And it's something that sort of plagued me at the beginning. How do I render this with all the little teeny tiny details? And so I would work at trying to be exactly inexact. I would tell my former self, I would say, John, uh, don't worry about every little detail. You don't have to draw every single leaf. You don't have to draw every single eyelash. It depends on how close you are to the subject, right? What I am looking for, though, is I, I can't just put down haphazard lines. Putting that down would, would be chaos, and it would not look pleasant to the eye. And so I want to know why I put a line down the way that I do? What visual effect will that create? How do I create more depth, more contour? That's what I would discover. And the way to discover that is to look for these visual patterns. Look for the angles in the patterns. Okay, so for instance, if I'm drawing uh, grass in a field, well, the foreground is going to have some very vertical-looking patterns. And so that would represent grass blades. The more that I recede and move backward into the piece and I'm getting closer to the background, then what will happen is a lot of those grass patterns will become more horizontal instead of vertical. 
So if I'm looking at everything at the beginning of the piece at, up here in the foreground, what's that remind me of? Can I look at that and does it remind me of something else? Well, yeah, it reminds me of the, the coat on a dog, you know, or a cat. And so if I recognize those things, I can associate that, that pattern whenever I'm rendering. And so I think I would pay more attention to that. I recognize those things now, but in the beginning that was sort of difficult. And I thought, okay, I just have to render every single blade of grass, you know, and, uh, how do I do that when things are so far away? So another thing very quickly, then I would try to study and figure out colors. I would think about the fact that colors up close near me are the purest hue of that color possible. And then further back. So I would have a green grass up close to me further back. It may be yellowish uh, way off in the distance, maybe even purple, right? Or blue. Okay. Now let's move along. So that's your first maybe 90 days, maybe six months, uh, depending on how much you're able to practice in your season of life. Maybe you've got kids and you're taking them to soccer practice and you've got a busy social life. Trust me, I'm raising my hand here. I understand what you're going through. Maybe you're past a six-month hump, okay, and you're working at your skill level and you're trying to improve in color pencil. You've been at it for maybe a year or two, okay. So here's what I would do then. This is what I would focus on. I would use a variety of papers and pencils. And I would just do a tour of, of all of these different options. And I would see what I like best. And rather than just uh, using something uh, because some other artist recommends it or uh, using something because it's the latest and greatest or anything like that, I would be very purposeful and mindful about what it is I'm going to select. It's not just if you watch some artists and you follow them, it's just like change du jour. You know, it, it's a new day. It's a new medium. It's a new day. It's a new technique, that kind of thing. No, I would try to get away from that a little bit. Now you may be thinking, well, that is going to go, that's going to go against what I said earlier. Well, yeah, you're at a different stage in your artistic development. And this may even sound a little bit odd coming from me, but this is something that I do. If you're a student inside the Beginner's Color Pencil course, I recommend sticking with certain materials at the beginning. But I never, I never dissuade a new student from experimenting and testing. You should always do that. All right. Next, I would test and I would experiment more especially in re with regard to like mixed media. I would push the envelope and do something that would make me uncomfortable and make me feel uneasy about the results. I would do that. And I have got something to share with you very quickly in a moment uh, about something I did. Just that very thing, you know, just pushing myself in an area that I was uncomfortable with. I've got some surprising results that <laughs> that happened because of that. All right. More on that in a moment. So I would also seek out next, I would seek out help and I would not try to be the Lone Ranger and just go it alone. If I'm at this level of, you know, I've gotten past this hump, I'm kind of trotting along here, you know, everything's going steady and smooth, but I'm not really seeing a, a big jump in my skill level. Maybe I'm switching subject matter. Maybe I'm starting to do landscapes and I'm not used to doing that or something like that. And I'm thinking, well, nose to the grindstone here. I'm just going to figure this out as I go. Um, I wouldn't do that going back now, talking to my former self. I would say, no, just, you know, seek out a trusted friend or an advanced artist, preferably. 
and get some truthful feedback about your work right now. They are going to shortcut that process by maybe even years. And you're going to have just some insight into your work that you wouldn't have just trying to go it alone. Next, I would ask myself then, are my values dark enough? And maybe ask that trusted friend, are my values dark enough? What do you see in my work that I should be paying attention to that I'm not right now? And hopefully by now you understand the range of values and you're able to do that. And so if you are, then I would focus on, especially if it's a new subject matter, I would look at the middle values. I know that kind of goes against the grain with a lot of people. Let me explain that for a moment. But I, I think any third grader can pretty much figure out how to use a black crayon and a white crayon, you know, if you'll excuse the, the crude example here. But if we're wanting to push things in a direction of realism, then it's not so much figuring out the very lightest values and the very darkest values. OK, we figured that out the first 90 days. Right. But what about those middle values? Is there a nice soft transition? Do the middle values make sense? Or am I doing things that just don't make sense? Like, am I putting my light values, am I crossing this up and putting my light values over in my dark values? If you get all that sorted out, and if you have this clean, clear separation between the dark and the light values, your work will take on a whole new level of realism once you do that. Lastly, I would not be married to just one technique. Throw away this idea that, oh, this doesn't fit into my technique. I can't use this paper. I can't use that pencil. I would modify my technique to the artwork or the approach that I need in order to render a subject that I'm trying to create. So maybe it's a new subject matter. Then don't just be married to the techniques that have gotten me where I am today. But if I'm wanting to go further, I'm wanting to go in a new direction, then I need to modify and I need to not be married to just one or two or three techniques. I need to be flexible and I need to figure out what will work with what I'm doing right now. All right. I hope that this was helpful. Again, if you would like to get the downloadable copy of this, I've got this put together in a nice little cheat sheet over there for you in the show notes. Also, before I go then, I wanted to talk about that one last thing about mixing media together. I recently did this, and to my surprise, I was able to do something that I, I just didn't think would work. What I discovered is that I can use water. Yes, I can use water to break down colored pencil. I know, that, that goes against everything that I believed prior to to doing it. So there are some uh, specific techniques involved in order to make this happen, but it's possible. So if you're interested in that, I'm going to be doing some teaching on that soon. So if you'd like more information about it, just go to the show notes page and I'll have more information there for you. But I was blown away. So that just goes to show you don't need to just base everything on your prior knowledge and never branch out, never go outside of the current thinking that you have right now. You need to experiment. You need to play around with things that perhaps you thought you knew about. If you don't ever, we would not be as far along in colored pencil right now as we are 
had there not been some pioneers who thought that, okay, there may be a different way of doing certain things. And so I don't think that ends. I mean, you've got to keep pushing the envelope and doing different things. All right. I hope this was helpful. And if you have something you would like to add to this list, I would love to hear that. You can comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. Reach out at any time, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.